0: Beati qui audiunt verbum Dei, et custodium illud. Blessed are they who hear the word of God, and keep it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. each of the Sundays of Lent is associated with a particular church in Rome. The ancient custom was for the Bishop of Rome, Pope, surrounded by his clergy, to go from one church to the next in Rome throughout the season of Lent. In some way, uh, the Pope would lead a pilgrimage to all of the Roman basilicus to seek the intercession of the saints whose relics were kept therein. We hold to this custom of the stational church. You'll find it inscribed in our missals. And it is in some way an invitation to make a spiritual pilgrimage to the church. Indicated for any given Sunday. And this spiritual pilgrimage brings with it special graces. Today's stational church is that of St. Lawrence without the walls. The bodies of St. Lawrence, the Roman deacon who was martyred, and of St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, deacon, are venerated in this church. And so in some way, (coughs) Saints Lawrence and Saint Stephen are associated with our worship today. And they are interceding for us in a special way. Now if you look to the collect for the Feast of Saint Lawrence, which collect, this is a very interesting little detail, which collect is recommended to all priests as part of their thanksgiving after Holy Communion each day? This collect for St. Lawrence asks, it's very realistic, it asks that the flames of the vice in us the flames of vice, it's a very vivid image, that the flames of vice in us may be quenched, put out, extinguished. Of course, the allusion is to uh, St. Lawrence's martyrdom. He was cooked live on a gridiron. Hence the reference to fire in the collect of St. Lawrence. And what about St. Stephen? We keep his feast on the day after Christmas. St. Stephen, uh, while the stones were raining down upon him, he was stoned to death, St. Stephen prayed for his persecutors and he forgave them. And the collect of St. Stephen makes us ask for the grace to love our enemies to love those who have hurt us in the past, to love those who are still hurting us in some way. And so the two special graces associated with today's Stational Church are freedom from vice, we can call that, if you will, chastity, and charity. charity that not only forgives those who have hurt us, those who still hurt us, but a charity that prays for them, that asks God to bless them, to heal them, to bestow graces upon them. Both the virtues of chastity and charity are exemplified in another figure associated with this third Sunday of Lent. And that figure is the patriarch Joseph. You know about the story of Joseph. He was sold. His brothers were consumed with jealousy. And so they sold the lad Joseph to uh, traders who were passing by. And so uh, young Joseph was deported into Egypt. He didn't have an easy time of it there. First of all, the wife of Potiphar fancied him and started making advances. And Joseph stood his ground and uh, pushed away the advances of Potiphar's wife. And so for this reason, Joseph is a model of manly virtue. He also showed... Boundless charity in forgiving and in providing for his brothers the very ones who had sold him uh, into slavery uh, the very ones who were the cause of his being in exile in Egypt there came a famine and Joseph's brothers came uh, into Egypt looking for grain and to their amazement Who was in charge of the distribution of food to the people suffering from the famine? But Joseph. And he, recognizing his brothers, forgave them and provided for them abundantly. The introit of today's Mass, which is the chant that we sing on the threshold of the Holy Sacrifice, is the prayer of every soul in the throes of temptation. Now, if you've never been tempted, this prayer will make no sense to you. But if you have ever experienced temptation, temptation can come upon a man like arrows being fired at him from all directions. And the introit of today's Mass is the prayer of one suffering attack, spiritual attack, temptation. And so what did we sing in the introit? My eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the snare. Look thou upon me, and have mercy on me, for I am alone alone. And poor. In the collect of today's Mass, we ask God to look upon our good desires. We pray all the same out of a lowly place, out of the pit into which we have fallen. Have you ever had the impression? having fallen into a pit with no way out, no escape. If you've had this experience in some way in your life, you will be able to identify with the collect of today's Mass. We ask God to stretch out the right hand of his majesty to defend us, to rescue us. It's a beautiful image. You have the man in the pit and he's lifting up his eyes looking for someone to pull him out and he he raises his hand and the collect asks God to stretch out the hand of his majesty, his almighty hand, uh, and to pull us out of the pit into which we have fallen. The epistle of today's Mass uh, speaks of the two characteristic virtues of St. Lawrence and St. Stephen, again, uh, a manly purity and charity. The gradual that was sung after the epistle uh, is the prayer of one in distress, and that was followed by the tract. The tract is... a prayer in which the eyes of the one in need are lifted heavenward fixed upon the lord we sang in the tract to thee have i lifted up my eyes that is a prayer you know prayer is not only words prayer can just as well be an action a movement when our lord prayed He lifted his eyes heavenward. The Psalms speak of the prayer that consists in lifting one's eyes, Godward. So in the tract we prayed to thee, have I lifted up my eyes who dwellest in heaven. Behold, as the eyes of servants are on the hands of their masters, and as the eyes of the handmaid are on the hands of her mistress. This is an allusion to of Middle Eastern customs by which those who were in service in a great house were trained to look at the hand of the master of the house, and he would, with a little movement of the finger, indicate what had to be done. And so this image is taken, and we say to God that our eyes are fixed upon him just as the eyes of a servant are fixed upon the hand of the master or the mistress of the house. And then we come to the Gospel. In the Gospel, Jesus has just delivered a man who was in bondage to the devil. Jesus has set him free. Jesus has worked an exorcism. And the man, uh, under the influence of the devil, was incapable of speaking clearly. And no sooner is the devil cast out of him than the man begins to speak, and the people standing around were in amazement at what had happened. But some of them were skeptical, and they began to raise questions. How is it that this man, Jesus, is able to do these things. How is it that this man, Jesus, is able to cast out demons? Perhaps he is in league with demons. Perhaps there's something not quite right going on here. And so they murmur. And Jesus answers their murmurings, their questions, He silences them. And Jesus makes it clear that he casts out demons by the finger of God. Now that's a very interesting expression. The finger of God, in the liturgy of the Church, is a name of the Holy Ghost. We speak of the Holy Ghost as the finger of God's right hand. This means that uh, by means of the Holy Ghost, the Father indicates his will. By means of the Holy Ghost, the Father points out the Son to us. By means of the Holy Ghost, the Father shows us the way in which we are to walk. It's a very beautiful title of the Holy Ghost. And so Jesus makes it clear that he works exorcisms, that he sets men free by the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus also cautions us that demons are persistent. I'm thinking of demons of addiction, demons of lust, uh, demons of unforgiveness, demons of jealousy. Persistent When they are expelled from a soul, they go about looking for another home. They don't like to be without a place to call their own. So no sooner are they expelled from a soul than they set about looking for a new place to set up shop. And so Jesus speaks a word of warning, a word of caution that we are not to open the door to demons who may come knocking. The end of the Gospel tells us that one who imitates the Blessed Virgin Mary by heeding the Word of God and by holding fast to the Word of God will be preserved from the enemy. The heart inhabited by the Word of God cannot be inhabited by demons. The heart consecrated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate One, will be safe. And then we come to the offertory of the Mass. You'll hear it sung in just a few moments. And it is the prayer of just such a soul. Delivered from evil and inhabited by the word of God. And what does such a soul sing? The justices of the Lord are right. Rejoicing hearts and his judgments are sweeter than honey. And the honeycomb for thy servant keepeth them. And then we come to the communion antiphon, which will be sung during the distribution of Holy Communion. It is a song of joy. The sparrow hath found herself a house, and the turtle dove a nest, where she may lay her young ones. Where? The psalm tells us, Thy altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. There must have been birds nesting in the eaves of the temple in Jerusalem for this image uh, to be to be brought out and the communion antiphon concludes blessed are they that dwell in thy house they shall praise thee forever and ever this psalm 83 is especially dear to us monks because we sing it whenever we welcome A new man to the monastery as a postulant. Some of you have have seen the ceremony. When a new man comes, he presents himself at the front door and he kneels on the threshold. And he asks to be admitted into the house. And I present him with the crucifix to kiss. And then he is welcomed into the house and we lead him in to the oratory, uh, and I take him by the hand and lead him right up to the altar. And this is the uh, very song that we sing when we welcome a new man. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they shall praise thee forever and ever. And I'm thinking not only... Of my sons who now have made their dwelling in this house of the Lord but also of our guests of the many people who are coming to the monastery for the 40 days of adoration of the most blessed sacrament in some way you are coming to fix your eyes uh, to set your gaze upon the Eucharistic face of Jesus and to linger to tarry In his company. And so you too will find yourselves praying as we pray. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They shall praise thee forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.